I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. But an eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played like professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. And he looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tommy Bailey, and this is a show where we speak to people about the opportunities that they have had, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Well, y'all, we had uh, we've had a quite an interesting weekend. It's an interesting weekend, you know, they had some great rugby with Vancouver Sevens going on, shout out to uh, USA Rugby Men getting fifth place, yo, shout out to the women, we're seeing new faces out there, I like seeing a new change, both for the men and the women, but seeing new changes coming in as we start the new era, new culture moment of things happening right now, so it's really great to be able to get that, and of course... You know, in our day-to-day lives, rugby happening on the regular. The 15th season is kicking off here in the States. You know, you, you can't beat that. And, you know, and then from an international level, uh, you know, congratulations to Australia. Yeah, yeah, Molly Wap, uh, South Africa. All right, I'm not going to lie. I gave up on Australia. I thought you guys basically quit on Rugby Union uh, a couple of years back, and now you just were just sleepwalking your way through. But you decided. You decided, hey. We we gonna do this, and uh, it looks like you guys came to play. So shout out and good congratulations. Of course, I want to be able to let you guys know. Please, if you guys enjoy this, don't forget to like this. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and of course, please share this out with some of your friends wherever it is. Whether you're listening into a podcast and you're hearing on Apple Pod, Spotify, Amazon Music, the Anchor.fm app itself, uh, Google doesn't matter where, or whether you guys are watching it on YouTube and getting a chance to just enjoy the video, the visuals, the time that we spent getting to see the people connect. I hope one way or another that you are being able to take something from this each and every week because that's what I really want to make sure that you guys are getting because we got amazing people. We got amazing people, you know. So I, I don't want you guys to feel lost. So please, please let your friends know. Again, hit that subscribe, throw that notification button in so you know exactly when we post. And of course, please, please, please share this out. We got today is going to be a clip show. I, I like to let you know. I don't know if you guys watch too much TV because you know people don't really watch TV like that anymore. And since it's not really twenty three episode, you know, story, you know, twenty three episode shows anymore. You, you you don't have that like random clip show that goes in the middle where it's just highlights of old stuff and they usually use it as a means to pass time. But you know what? This is what you're going to get for today because I think we got some great information and uh, you know I want to make sure that you guys are being able to hear some of the greatness that maybe you hadn't had the chance. Maybe the episode might be a little bit long and you just haven't found the right time. Well, let me throw you in some stuff so you guys have a chance to check it out. So... Guys, this is going to be a good one. And before you go, please, I recommend that you guys go take a quickie quick look over at greengeeks.com because this is the premier server 
for all your online needs. And when I mean that, I'm talking about for your e-commerce, the stores that I definitely recommend you to go get, uh, whether it's for your website, both personal or business, whether it is for emails and being able to have the ability to contact whoever, like Green Geeks services it all. And if you guys hit the link down below inside the description, you guys can get 60% off your first year with Green Geeks. And I'm telling you, this is already an amazing price by itself, but Green Geeks by itself already gives you so much for almost, for such an amazing value. It costs almost nothing comparatively per year. It's basically uh, a little low. It's like, 10, it's like $10 a year. It's like $10 a month. All right, $10 a month, man. And it gives you everything that you need to be able to have autonomy and control over your own digital life. And utilizing WordPress as their foundation, you have the ability to customize and develop any way that you want. So suggest it. Hit that description down below, greengeeks.com, and you get 60% off your first year with Green Geeks. And also, guys, please, definitely, when we're talking about websites, check out RugbyOutletMall.com because Rugby Outlet Mall is the place where we are trying to reset culture. Represent for the people, represent for the culture, represent for what the future of rugby is truly about. And we want to make sure that you are swagged out. We're going to be restocking everything soon. It's a new generation, new era. So we want to make sure that you guys grab what you can while, while items are still available. And, of course... Of course, let your friends know so you guys can all be hooked up together. Roll into the crowd deep, y'all. So just letting you guys know. But in the meantime, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you guys get some great gems because we've had some amazing people during this time. So please enjoy the show for today. Check it out. Rashad Lipford of North Carolina A&T talking to us about being able to start a rugby team at an HBCU. What what was that like? Was so you know obviously like starting these teams, I I, I respect it every time because it is a it is a dedicated position because it's especially whenever it's alone you you starting it at on your own. Because yeah. you have to be the tent pole. That means yeah. if you're setting up practice, you got to be at practice. Yeah. If you miss, like, it's literally the, the foundation that breaks yeah. the whole house waiting to yeah. fall, you know? So, so um, go ahead, man. I'm oh, no, no. I was just going to ask you. So, what, like, that process, like, what, what was the process getting into that point of actually getting the first guys together? Oh, uh, man. We, I was a big social media activist, activist man. I was. I was very big on Twitter, man. Like, you know, hey, like any guys that are uh, – any guys that are interested in rugby or even just want to know what rugby is about, man. Um, ANC is one of those schools, man. We love our hashtag, man. The NCAT hashtag is, is always popping. Everybody's on. So I use that as an opportunity. And um, I actually had the intramural sports director reach out to me, man, and he was just like, you know, hey, you know, um, I hear that uh, – what it was was I was using ANC – I was using flyers, but I used ANC's, ANC's logo. So he reached out to me. He was like, hey, man, you know, I hear that you use the a logo for a rugby program, and we don't have a rugby program on campus. And that's when we kind of got connected. And I was like, you know, hey, man, you know, we don't have a rugby program, but I'm about to start one, you know. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, oh, hey, let's start a program. It was not like, no, man, I'm about to start a rugby program on campus. You, you know. Intention. You, Intention and, was set. <laughs> yes, it was like, you know, 
this is what I'm about to do, man. I'm a firm believer of speaking things into existence. And when I met him, I spoke it. I said, man, look, we're going to start. I said, we're going to start HBCU. We're going to start. We're going to have an HBCU rugby team. A&T is going to be on that list. We're going to have, we're going to start a rugby program. So we got together, man, and um, intramural sports, interest intramural sports meeting. It was probably about, maybe about 150 students. Mm-hmm. And I knew when I got there that everybody was going to go sign up for flag football because of I've course, been doing some research. That's the premier one. Everybody, I, come on I, now. That's, that's number I've one been, always. I've been, you know, I have my ear to the streets, man. And everybody's like, oh, man, intramural flag football, flag football, flag football, intramural basketball. I'm like, man, flag football. I'm like, okay, all right. So, talk to the intramural sports director. You know, I talked to him. I'm like, hey, man, what can I do about getting a table set up out here at the intramural sports meeting? He's like, man, you know what? I got you. We're going to get you a table set up. So, we. We get nice. the table set up, man. I got the rugby ball sitting on the table. He introduces, you know, hey, we have Rashad over here with the rugby program. And, you know, we had a couple of people come on, come down. But here's what it is, man. I got up from that table. I got up. Because I noticed that nobody was coming. I said, you know what, man, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here twiddling my thumbs, man. And All I right. went out, flag football table. And here's what it did. They put me right next to flag football. <laughs> right next to So I'm seeing everybody sign up for flag football. I'm like, okay. Okay. So I get up, man. And I grab a section of the flag, the guys who are signing up for flag football, man. I, and I give them the guy, I speak loud. I, I'm like, you know, you guys ever heard of rugby? They, nah, man, nah, nah, man. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm preaching rugby. I'm like, man, you, you want to be a part of something. You want to be a part of something that's going to last. You want to become a part of a brotherhood. You want to you you become a part of a sport that's going that, to that not only challenge you mentally, but physically, spiritually, and emotionally, man. Rugby is the place to be. You know, because I tell them, man, rugby is not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get here and get back up and keep playing. So that's what I was preaching to a man, and those guys, man, they ate it up, man. They Let's go! Oh, like, I'm this wall. So, man, they, they ate it up, man, and they loved it, man. And I had a guy tell me, he was like, man, he said, he said, man, you sold me. He said, and I had guys, man, come sign the list. Uh, I got their information down, man. And, and, um, and the next step, of course, was my first intramural practice, man. And I remember, like, it was yesterday, man. It was amazing. I had, First, I had, and what's crazy was I not only had young men, I had young ladies as well. This is, again, this is, this is now take you, this is sophomore year, freshman year, yeah. sophomore year. So I now have young ladies and young men interested in playing rugby. So, of course, I'm just like, oh, man, this is great. You know, I'm appealing to both sexes, you know, because I'm one of those rugby is not just a man's sport. I know women, they hit just as hard as these men. So, right. you know, I was, you know, I, I welcome everybody. So my first intramural practice goes on, man. They get there, man. And, the first thing I do, man, is I introduce myself, man. I give a little spill about, you know, hey, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. You know, I play rugby here. And, you know, uh, fortunate enough to come into contact with these people and these people and these people, man. And, um, and I told them, man, and I, and, I, and I told them this is a commitment that I made them make from the first time they came out there. I told them, I said, this is the intramural interest practice for rugby. And I said, but the only thing I ask for you is that you give me 110% the whole time that you're out here. And I told them, I said, if you don't feel it, I said, if you're thinking about homework, you're thinking about what you're going to eat when you leave, you thinking about the young lady or young man that you're about to go see when you leave her? I said, you know, you don't need to be here. I told him, I said, but if you want to be here and you want to give 110%, you really want to see what rugby is about, you stay. And I kid you not, man, I had not one person walk off the field. Dude, that's I what's kid you not. I don't even know how you could. Like, I was still not even like, like I still want to run through this wall. Let's go. Nah, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> like, you know, so, man, like I said, man, um, and another thing, and another thing that I told him, man, and I told him, man, I told him, I said, this is not for me. Yeah. I said, this is not for the fame. This is not for the glory of saying that I started the program. And it, 
I said the only thing that I want to do, that how I know that I have been successful is the atmosphere that I feel when I come to a practice. Right. To know that y'all have found something that y'all love. My guys that I have now, they are a rugby team. I know not because how they act in practice, but how they act outside of practice. Right. The way the oh. connection that they made, the the time that they spend together, you know, these were guys that didn't know each other, didn't even know each other's last name the first time we came out there. Now here it is. They are communicating to me, hey coach, let's get together, man. I know it's not a practice day, man, but let's get together and run some drills, man. Let's go throw a ball around. You know what I mean? So Love that. you know, that's that's what that's what lets me know that, you know, this is that I'm that I'm on my way to more success. Right. Because like I said, man, it's it's not for me. Like I said, man, I just want to be the bridge. I this it, man. I just want to be the pathway to be like, you know, Rashad told me about rugby. He introduced me into a man. He made me fall in love. And now this is something that I that I want my kids' kids to do. You know what I mean? So No, dude. And that's that's so important. Like, look, that besides the mindset, besides the <laughs> energy that goes with it, like it's kind of the mixture because you do need to have somebody who's gonna break the gates. You know, yeah. it's it's not even like it's not maybe they're being blocked. It's just a mental block. Like, again, yeah. knowledge is power. And if nobody knows yeah. about it, it's impossible for them to know. But that's exactly. always been the thing that's interested me about rugby uh, is unlike so many other sports. And the one thing I always hate is when people are like, oh, rugby better than fo football, football better than rugby. I'm like, no, nah, 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 this, that's not what this is about. The thing that makes it so different is somehow about the 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 interconnected energy between the people like and i think yeah. it has to do with how you treat your opponents as much as you treat yeah. your own brethren it's like everybody is still in the same family but yeah. you know we might be going against i'm not gonna let you beat me but yeah. yo i still love you in the end and i'm exactly. gonna go chill with you afterwards exactly. in whatever way shape or form but it's it, it somehow works at a sensibility and i think the same thing goes whenever you start playing it especially whenever you get all these new people it's that same sensibility it's yeah. not like you know, we're not – not that you can't compete for your position, obviously. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, position, But it's it's still – yo, I'm going to still help you get up. Like, I'm going to still exactly. help you move forward with exactly, it. Exactly, man. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I tell them, man, I'm like, you know I, – I tell them, man, from the jump, man, when we first – I'm saying, these are your brothers, man. I said, these are not just your teammates, man. These are your brothers, man. Y'all – because another thing that rugby teaches, man, that I really love is accountability, man. You're not only accountable for yourself on the field, man, you're accountable for your brothers, man. It's, it's your job to yep. go work over them when they go down, man. You're accountable for them, man. So, and that's something that I taught them from the jump, man, was just like, you know, when y'all step out on that pitch, man, y'all have to take care of each other, man. Like I said, and I told him, man, and, and something that Coach Young taught me, man, a long, long time ago about opponents, man, that respect that you have never turned your back on your opponent. Yeah. If you, man, if, if they score, you don't turn around and walk back, man, because they kick that ball off in your back turn. They're going to get it back again. Hey, yeah, start again. So, you know, so you, you turn around and you backpedal and you always face your opponents, man. And, it, and it, it's, a, it's a life lesson. You know, every obstacle that you, you want to face it head on, man, so why not do the same for your opponents? So. No, that's so true. That, that's so true. I love that. I truly love that. You know, so – when you got when you started playing, you started not started playing. When you started when you put the team together, you got mm. these guys together. Uh, what what was the first game like for you? So, unfortunately, we haven't been able to play a full match. Okay, as far as like you know reps and everything, but um, you got you scrimmage. That's hey, we've look, got, we've gotten some. I'll call that a match. Yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'll call it whatever it is. Yo, you guys played on the field. Uh, against either yourselves or against other people, yeah. right? Uh -huh. All right, perfect. So, um, 
Uh, and I just, man, again, I just want to give a shout out to Men's Triad Rugby Program in Greensboro as well, man, because they've been really adamant as far as about, man, uh, helping us out, man. They've really, um, they've really given us a helping hand, man. They've, they've allowed us to come in and sit in and practice this, man, and come in and they've allowed them to immerse in their practices. And this is a, this is a men's rugby, this is a men's rugby club in Greensboro. So, uh, just kind of get their first practice out there, man. It's just, it was just, um, it was amazing, man, just to see the intensity level pick up, man, because, you know, like I said, man, I, I have a small group of guys, maybe about seven to nine guys, man. So it's not a lot of us, man. So it's 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 a small Smart. group, man, but they're dedicated. And 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 I tell them, man, I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't I would rather have ten guys that are dedicated to what they do than have twenty and not have half of them be dedicated. So Dude. man, I I took them out there to try it, man, and man, they were sponges, man. They soaked it all up, man. They soaked up the intensity, they soaked up the pace of play, man. They like I said, man, and this is just a regular practice that they sat in, man, and they, they just soaked it up, man, and the men on men's try rugby program, man, they, of course, they met me first, you know, uh, Coach Coach Morris in Greensboro, man, he invited me out first, and he introduced, he was like, you know, he let them know, like, hey, Rashad is trying to get a program started at A&T, and the first thing they said was, man, as soon as you get enough guys, bring them out here to our practice. So, you know, of course, I held, I, I held it up, and when I brought them out there, man, they just, man, like I said, man, they were sponges, man, they, they fell in love with the sport even more, because now they were around people who push them harder than they push themselves in practice. You know, right. it was a more so of a, oh, man, this guy, look, this man is 35, 40, man, and outrunning me, you know what right. I mean? So it was that, you Bro. know, I want to keep up. So, man, like I said, they were sponges, man. Like I said, I commend it for it, man, for them going out there and not being intimidated. Right. Man, they were they man. They walked out there, man, like they own the field, you know. Like, That's legit. And I told them, I said, you know, this is, I said, this is their practice. I mean, but. I mean, like I said, man, the drill that they ran through, man, they ran through as if they had been playing rugby for years. Man. So it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Dude, that's that's awesome. And it, it's so important because, you, like you wanted, it sets the culture. Like, yeah. it sets the culture for what happens next. You know, whether whenever you graduate, yo, it's going to be these next guys that are going to be kicking in and how they recruit, yeah. how they bring these people in. Right. But, you know, it, it, it even stands out even more to the fact of, like, whenever you have these guys, like you said, it's better to have seven, nine dedicated guys than yes. 30, 40 flagrant guys because you yeah. never know. It's, it's that dependency of knowing, hey, I know you're going to be here. I know yes. you guys want this. I know that there's something that you're aiming for. And the fact that you guys are still willing to practice and work to try and get yeah. there, and that hasn't even hit, like, gameplay yet, which will even yeah. pour them harder. That yeah. makes it such a – that's massive. That is yeah. – I mean, like – and I mean, like I said, man, I, I love my guys, man. I, I tell them, man, I tell them, man, I tell them, man, I, I tell them, man, I eat, sleep, and I breathe rugby, man. If I'm not in class, I'm looking at rugby drills, man. You, Sam, I'm calling Sam. I'm like, bro, I need some drills, man. Help me out. I'm on YouTube, man. I'm looking at games, man. I, I try to get them together to watch rugby games, man. We go out and we go support triad. We go watch them play, man. So, yeah. like I said, man, it's just, like, man, it's, it's the dedication, man, because, I mean, how often is it, man? Like I said, man, we haven't played yet, but I still have a full, a full seven guys showing up to a game. You know what I mean? Right. Just to experience it, just to see it, just to kind of see what it looks like, just to kind of get a taste of it, man. So, like I said, man, I'm, I'm honored, man. I'm blessed, man. It, like I said, man, I, I, it's, it's, it's hard to put it into words sometimes, man, to, to just express how excited, man, how honored I am to have those guys and to be doing something that's so much bigger than I am. So, right, dude, and that's, I, that's, that's the name of the game right there. It's it's knowing that you're, you're picking up something so much more than what's just between the lines. 
dude, I like I remember it's funny whenever you were talking about like uh, whenever your guys went out there and they're they're running against the 35, 40 year old dude. <laughs> I remember I was exactly the same when I started playing. It was literally that. It was just like, yo, I'd go running. And I'm like, yo, I can at least sprint with these guys. Like, I'm, I'm not even worried. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, yo, how are you this fast? Yo, how are you still running right now? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I can't, I can't, I pridefully cannot allow this to happen. Yeah. Like, there's nothing know, I can do about it. <laughs> it's like, man, like, like, geez, man, God, you know, man, shoot, you running like you, you running like you still like high school. I mean, like you say, man, Man, they, they keep themselves in shape, man. Like I said, man, and I just – I love it, man. We go out there, man, and try it. They push my guys, man. They push That's them, good. man. They, they throw them where they see fit, man. They're just like – they push them, and they're like, you can do this. You know what I mean? They're just – it's not, you know, it's not – it's not more so. But like I said, man, they don't ever feel intimidated, man. Try it is always more than welcoming when we come out there, man. They enjoy having us out there, man. They're – come out here this, man, you know. Come out here all week, man. Come out here every week. We're going to see y'all next week. We're going to, you know, so I got to say, man, it's just, like I said, man, it's, it's that rugby culture, man. It's, it's something yeah. about that culture, man. If you can get somebody, if you can find somebody who's deeply rooted in rugby, man, and you can get them talking, man, y'all will talk for hours. Hours. Days, weeks, months, <laughs> years. You look up and two years in, they're like, man, how did you meet them, man? You think, you be like, man, we started talking about rugby in a Walmart. And <laughs> here we are, man. <laughs> How we end up? How we end up getting drinks and just chilling out? Oh, look, I'm not, like, mad at it. I'm not even mad at it. Yo, cheers, brother. Cheers. Like, hey, cheers, man. Same time next week, right, man? Right. <laughs> man, yo, I love it. That and it's it's so true. It's so true. So it, you know, it looks like you're 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 setting yourself up for this this beautiful pathway towards coaching like legitimately deepen into it. And I'm sure Sam has given you a lot of pointers and talked in your ear a lot about this yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for you, obviously this next step and mm -hmm. barring whatever happened with COVID-19 and everything like that. Yeah. But this next step comes into almost probably doing more of the organizational and administrative stuff. Mm -hmm. yes. you know, have you been talking, you, you spoke about the, the head coach for uh, Greensboro. Like, yeah. have you been talking with them or any other coaches about uh, what that next move is and, I have been, I have been almost harassing the intramural sports director, man. We, I mean, um, we had a, we actually, um, we had the intramural sports director that I started with back in uh, about 2017. He transitioned to another position. Okay. So this was uh, actually fall going into this spring. So spring semester right around, man, I was like, man, I got to meet this new intramural sports director, man. Because I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking more of stuff, man. I've stuck a pin in it. I want to pick up where we left off. Right. So I meet the guy, uh, you know, I meet the new intramural sports director. I'm letting him know. He's like, hey, man, I'm Rashad Lipper. I don't know if anybody left you any notes, any sticky notes about who I am, what I'm trying to do here at Angie's campus. But I just wanted to come talk to you, man, and let you know what I'm trying to do here. And, and uh, I talked to him, man, and um, he, he's, he's open ears, man. He, he's really engaged, man. Uh, he sat there, man. We sat there talked for maybe about an hour, man, and he took notes. He got contact information down, man. So actually, man, our next step uh, before COVID kicked in, it was actually – getting ready to sit down and actually have a meeting with the intramural sports department uh, as far as the intramural, the, the intramural sports director, the chair, the guy who cuts the check for intramural sports, man. And I, I, and I put it to him like this, man. I told him I wanted to kind of set up like a pitch meeting. Like I wanted to really sit down and pitch rugby to them about how, man, how I believe rugby at HBCU will not only – not only please the alumni, but it'll also please the donors that you guys have in because you guys are now showing their diversity. It would also help with the student enrollment because you now have something on you now have something on a sports level that students can look at and be like, wow, 
A&T offers rugby. I play rugby. Let's go to A&T, you know what I mean? So it was kind of just kind of setting up a pitch meeting for them. But unfortunately, man, due to the COVID, man, A&T moved very swiftly with making sure that we got off campus. So. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we not even going to play with this. Uh, they, you guys got to go. <laughs> they sent the email, man, uh, as soon as um, we got an email about apparently somebody traveling back to Greensboro that had caught the COVID, man, and A&T was – they were on a frenzy, man. Students were going crazy. And A&T sent an email. I was like, hey, you know, we're monitoring. We're doing what we can. And I yeah. kid you not, man, three days later, we got an email saying that y'all have to leave. If you, stay in a, if you stay in a dorm, if you stay in a campus apartment, y'all have to be gone by this date. No ifs, ands, or but. Make the necessary travel arrangements. Don't tell me about what your mama can't do, <laughs> what your daddy can't do. I'm telling y'all what we need y'all to do. So um, I guess I mean, unfortunately, man, COVID came in and kind of just put a halt to everything, man. But right. Um, our chancellor, Chancellor Martin, man, has been sending numerous emails about us possibly resuming in the fall. Unfortunately, uh, the word is that we won't be doing any fall, athlete, fall athletics. Right, that makes fall, sense. It hurts my heart. Touching. Yeah, I mean, you know, it hurts my heart, man, because you know, my guys. I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, my guys, man. What am I going to tell my guys? So, um, but I'm still emailing intramural sports directors. I'm still reaching out to them, and we're still we're still connected. I'm still trying to, man. As soon as we get on campus, let's set up a meeting, man. If we can't do anything this fall. Let's do something this spring, man, which really works for me because when I started, man, you know, 15s, it's hard to get 15 guys, man. It's hard it's to get 15 to right. stay committed. So I shoot, I strive for sevens when I'm always seven season. And I know the guys are going to enjoy sevens a lot more. You know, I love 15s, but I know they're, they, they're runners. They love to run. I'm like, they like the open the run, space. So I strive for sevens. So again, man, like I said, man, I'm, I'm reaching out to them again now, man, like, hey, um, Let's do a Zoom meeting, man. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's not prolong anything, man. We don't have to have this meeting on campus, man. Let's let's get a Zoom set up, man. I, I'll I'll print out my proposal, man. If I have to sit down and have a whiteboard and so y'all can you know see what's going on, man, we will. So like I said, man, I'm working very closely with intramural sports. We have Adam Milby, president of Philippine Rugby Union, talking to us about unique ways of being able to connect with your community. You now got into and became a component of, of uh, Philippines rugby. You, you took on the national team. For you, because this is basically meaning now you're, you're part of this development of this squad that has been going. And for what it's worth, from what I've understood, Philippines rugby has developed significantly over the last 10 years, um, at least definitely from the men's side, I knew. And from what I've seen from Bangkok 10s and then subsequently from Literally, the Bangkok 10s and Saigon 10s, the women's side has slowly been increasing itself over this last five years. Um, so for you, like, now that you're, you've gone from amateur social to kind of steady to developing, and then now you're really in the crux of developing and, like, educating it, what has that path been like for you in being able to see it and literally building this thing almost from ground up? Um, yeah, I think... Like it's it's like one of those things like when you know you first get like your first leadership position and you're like yeah I'm the boss yeah <laughs> what up um, and you think that you know everything right um, but really like actually all you can see is like right here like this is all you can actually see and then you know you spend a couple of years and then you're like oh 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 I can see a little bit more and then you come more and like, oh dang I can see a little bit more until then you realize one day like I didn't know anything back then. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I knew. I just thought I knew. Yes. Um, 
Yeah. So that's basically basically been my leadership journey, or that's been my journey throughout this whole thing. Is like, um, you know, being able to see a little bit more of the bigger picture, a little bit more of the bigger picture, and then having these experiences. And that's why I think traveling and traveling with rugby is such a such a wonderful experience because then you get to really capture um, different perspectives or different stories or um, you know different different ways of looking at things or different ideas about how the rugby should be developed. I mean, how we develop rugby in the U.S. is maybe different from how we would develop rugby in Southeast Asia and is different from how we would develop it in Africa. And, and, and I think, but there are some common themes, right? And it's about right. like having all these conversations, having all these experiences, taking away the things that you think are applicable for your context and, and, you know, and, and then kind of shutting the rest, right? Um, right. And I think that's what's probably going to serve the Philippines best is, is you know, for me being in the position that I'm in now is recognizing like, okay, I've had all these experiences at World Rugby, Asia Rugby. Um, you know, I've even been to Botswana. Uh, I, I mean, I've traveled a lot of different places and um, just recognizing the commonalities that I think that we can address that would help everybody. Um, and then recognizing that there are some specific things that are contextual only in the Philippines. Like, for instance, rugby in the Philippines right now is known as a solvent. Um, it's a sniffing solvent that kids do to get high. Oh, wow. Um, that, that doesn't exist anywhere oh, else in the world. When you go out on the streets and you tell kids, hey, do you want to do rugby? They think you want to go get high. Um, and so, uh, so we... <laughs> So we've got a, we've got a, we've got that sort of additional barrier that we've got to overcome, a cultural context that we've got to overcome. But it's also right. a really cool thing because it opens up some ideas around like, okay, maybe we can team up with the Department of Health, or maybe we can team up with the schools to make it an anti-drug campaign, and that's something that we wouldn't otherwise maybe had had um, exposure to. Um, so right. I, I think, yeah, I think it's really just about like doing the hard yards as we were talking about earlier, you know, it's just like really about plugging away. There's no, I mean, I used to hate when I was younger, I used to hate when the old people would tell me like, you just gotta wait your time, you gotta make sure you got your experience and blah, blah, blah. But, but there is some validity to it. I think, uh, I mean, I think it's really important to continue having like the vitality of the, of like being young and having these great ideas, but like, there's also something to be said about just like plugging away because you know you think that there's going to be these quick fixes like oh if I just do this one thing I can like fix the whole problem and it's like actually it's usually like two steps forward three steps back four steps right. forward five steps back and it's just like this this progress of you know there's never there's never really a straight line it's just really this winding road as long as you're as long as you're sort of eventually getting forward. Uh, just accept the fact that there's going to be setbacks and, and challenges along the way. No, I, I, I was talking with somebody and, and, and I told him this exactly. I was like, look, even whenever something seems simple, it's never easy. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's always this wild process regardless. And I, I love hearing that because, you know, for me, when it comes to the positioning of rugby, I, I look at it from rugby as an industry versus just rugby as the game, but mm -hmm. they play it in the same way, especially in non-major rugby countries like the U.S. and the Philippines and such, where it is you're navigating this new pathway, especially now you're navigating this new pathway and you're thinking, look, all it is is A, B, C, D. But then when you realize it's like A, Z, X, Y, B, C, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, D, <laughs> and you're just like, yo, wait, why are we doing so much? But 
in that process, you do actually end up taking so much new information and it does create it. So like the fact that you're able to go utilize something like rebranding rugby into an actual functional um, greater than the sport element is amazing. I, I, it's just it's amazing. And it's everything that I would have believed that you can utilize rugby for, even if it's small and nuanced, it, it's that resonating effect that goes right. Yeah, definitely. I, well, especially because in, in Asia, in a lot of Asian countries, uh, there's just not a lot of emphasis on sport. It's much more emphasized education, education, you know, some of those stereotypes that we have around uh, you know, Asian <laughs> kids being the nerds, it's always being the smart ones in the room. It's because there's a lot there. I mean, stereotypes yeah, do usually there. come about because there's some level of truth to it. Um, <laughs> and it's because the Nigerian, I understand. don't really value sports. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, essentially the parents are like, there's no, there's no value in being able to create a viable career option for my kid. So why should I get them involved in sport? And so when we're approaching development of, of rugby or any sport, really, I think in Asia, you've got to figure out how can I appeal to the parents, right? Because in the, in the States, it's easy, right? Everyone starts sports at, you know, age two, age three. We're like, oh, I got to get an early start on it. If they want to get into the NFL, they want to get in the NBA. Um, you know, we, we know that we've got to get them started really early. But in Asia, it's more like, okay, we've got to go from the angle of like, hey, your kid's going to get an education. And, oh, we're just doing this rugby thing on the side, but we're actually teaching them life skills. So it's like the, the approach is like sport for development rather than sport development, if that makes right. sense. That makes perfect yeah. sense. And, you know, it, it, I, I like it because we talk about that even here is what is it that you want rugby? We, we talk about with people. What is it that you want rugby to be? What is the value proposition? Because I think the same issue still resonates. It's what, why? Like, because I know we, we understand it as we play it for passion. We enjoy it, the, the camaraderie, all that, the, the basic tagline. But as you start to recruit, and especially in this era where people are wanting to make sure what's the end game and finding the longevity for it, you have to add that value prop. And so, uh, you know, whether it's like, I think now with the U.S., in the U.S., obviously with MLR, there's a little bit of a career value. And I've seen it with the high school students, but I still go like, you know, where you can travel, you, you can find opportunity, that global network. So for you guys, like, obviously facing it towards education or uh, otherwise, like, what are... And, you know, if you don't want to tell me trade secrets, I got you. You know, I, I understand you got to put it together. <laughs> but, you know, what are what are some things that that you guys have felt have revealed themselves as you've been, you know, seeing this process that you're like, this wasn't tapped in the way that it could have. But now we're going to kind of aim a little bit more on this direction. Well, I think like it's no there's no trade secret per se, um, <laughs> you know, because you can can't, it's not really applicable for for the states as far as development goes. So, um, you know, in the in oh, the writing it down. Yeah, you can write, it's fine. You can write it all down. I'm happy to give away the trade secrets. It's not much. Of, it's like a big open secret. Um, and um, so, I think for us, part of our success of the men's program um, has really been about exploring international talent. Right. So, uh, I didn't come here with the mind to play rugby. But um, but we basically Filipinos um, through history have sort of spread out all over the planet, and so there are lots of 
you know, Filipinos or half Filipinos or Filipinos with grandparents and stuff like that. And they're just all over the place. And they're playing rugby in countries like the US and Canada, um, Australia, New Zealand, and all that sort of stuff. And, and that's really provided a huge boost to our national team to be able to tap into the international talent pool of Filipinos already playing the game. Um, whereas it, it, you know, obviously we're only, we're about 20 years old as far as the union is concerned. And so it takes a long time to build local rugby, right? It really takes a long time and a lot of concerted effort. And so it's really helped us to raise the profile by bringing in some of our international talent. Um, and now we're at the stage where we're, we're, you know, slowly building up the local pool, integrating them with the international pool, um, to, to such a stage that we're hoping that a few more years time will be less reliant on some of the international players because we've built up uh, more of our grassroots players here locally. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, that's really been a huge boost to, to raising the profile. So for us to be able to build on it more, um, but I think moving forward, obviously it's, it's, it is about trying to find a, a balance because I think in, in, Asia, or maybe it's just in the context of the Philippines, there's kind of like, are you Filipino enough? You know, are you're not a true Filipino because you're not from here. You're not a true Filipino because you're only half. And it's like, man, unless actually, unless you're the color of gift, you're nobody's a true Filipino in this country. (laughs) Because you look at the real indigenous Filipinos, we look very Pacific. We look, we're very, very dark. And so, you know, it's a real, it's a strange cultural thing where, um, you know, people, I think where people can't separate or segregate based on race, they'll segregate based on social class or they'll segregate based on percentage of pure blood or or whatever you want to look at. Um, Man, I'm probably not going to get a lot of likes for this, but, um, you know, I I think like... Speak the truth. That's all you can do. Speak the truth. Being a, being a representative of a country just means that you, you know, World Rugby Laws say it well. It's just, it's that you've got a, a true um, connection to the country that you're representing, right? And so, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 50% blood or you're 75% blood or whatever, whether you were born here or your mother was born here, your grandparents were born here. Um, you know, the point is, is that you have a true bond with the country that you're representing. And um, and I think that's really a valid point for, for all of us. And um, and you know whether you're whatever your your color, creed, religion, gender, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's so true. Um, and I, I think it's just about su- supporting and promoting the sport for the sport, right? Not not based on percentage of blood or anything like that. So I guess that's a long-winded way of saying that. Um, you know, for us, it's about finding a balance between getting the best that we have and right. building the best that we want. Right. Uh, between the two pools. Naya Tapper, Olympian and USA Rugby Women's Sevens member, talking to us about being unabashedly confident in whatever it is that you do. I'd always been a big advocate, and it was one of the, my favorite things uh, about you uh, on social media as well, because it was just like, yo, she's swagging out. Like, bring that full swag. All right, let's go. But then I, whenever I found out you were Jamaican and Puerto Rican, I was like, okay, this is just a like, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a super mix right here. <laughs> the only thing I was just waiting to see was just like this little bit of Nigerian to come in, and I've been like, it came full circle. I got <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, 
for you, obviously, you 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 the 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 burst of personality comes out, but it's it's interesting how it's used. You bring it in fashion wise. You bring it in athletically. You bring it in skit wise. So for you, like, what's the what's the thought process whenever you're going through these moments of expression? Like, what what's the fashion style set up, and and you know what you're you're going on because it really has creates a normalization. Yeah. Uh, for I think the social media uh, wise, and which is good because feels much more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just confidence for me. Like I think that I look good in honestly everything that I put on. I think that everything that comes out my mouth is funny, whether people agree or not. So that's kind of how I go about what I post. I don't really. I mean, there is really not a thought process. It's just what comes out is what it is for me. Um, everybody knows I'm pretty blunt. And if you ever want to hear an honest opinion, you come to Naya because she's going to tell you the truth. Um, and just in general with fashion, like I just kind of go off like what my friends think is hot or like what's hot in the fashion community. And just like whatever I put on it, whatever, if it makes me feel good, then that's what I'm going to wear. And like I said, just the confidence of, if I think it looks good, I'm going to wear it and I'm going to post it. And confidence is so much more fashionable than anything that you put on. So I think that's mainly it for me is that I think that everything I do and say and just everything I do and say is great. So if you have that type of confidence, nothing can, everybody's going to be attracted to that because that's what everybody wants is that confidence, um, a high self-esteem. Phil Field former USA Rugby men's player and multiple Rugby World Cup participant, talks to us about what it means to be able to play rugby at an efficient and accurate level and how it compares to us. And uh, it was a pretty good game, though. And then that next year, we decided to play the All Blacks. So, like, yeah, I went from playing club rugby. A bunch of us did, not just me. Went from playing club rugby to play in the All Blacks. I mean, that is a pretty big jump. <laughs> like, there, might, there might be some uh, leaps on that one. That's like, dude, that's that's no joke from like, you know, standing up out of a chair to being able to fly. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's the size of the leap there. Those guys are like, when you talk about that kind of jump, like th- those guys, or even like the tiers right below them. Right. It's, it's, it's huge. You know what I mean? It's a massive jump. So from your perspective, because this is the part that this has always confused me in rugby. So everything's a copy, especially in sports, copycat is natural. Like we say NFL is a copycat league, college is a copycat league because we see what others do and follow it. You know, when you play the All Blacks and there's one thing to see the All Blacks. It's another thing to be on the field with the All Blacks. And you had the, already the all-black juniors with the Maoris, essentially, yeah. which are just the all-blacks that didn't make it, but are still basically the all-blacks. Still really good. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like you're ranked high in the world rankings. Oh, man, they would be a top-10 team. Yeah, the Maori all-blacks would be like a top-10, top-12 team, no problem. No exactly. Problem. So what is it that, from your perspective, that differed them so much from what you played with, whether it's – Japan, whether it is uh, any of the D D two D two, yeah, whether the tier two teams, like, yeah. what is it that makes them so different? Is it just because they played for longer, or is it? You know, the the funny thing with them is like there's certain teams that we always seem to just do seemed 
in my day to do really bad against. Yeah. And it was always the Southern Hemisphere teams. Like, the Northern Hemisphere teams, we usually kept it within, like, a reasonable distance. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe, you know, I know Ireland's gotten ahead of us a I've, few times. Since I've retired, they had a pretty good win against us a couple years ago, you know. Scotland, the guys close beat game. Scotland, right? The guys beat Scotland. We had a close one with Scotland when I was playing. Um, you know, so it's usually pretty close, though. It's just – it's just so fast and it's almost like especially then they were doing stuff when we were still thinking about doing it you know what i mean if that makes sense like we'd see a ball move and my brain would be like oh go get that ball and they'd already be like they would already have it and passed it four times and like you know there was one i remember there was a there was and i I don't want to i don't want to drop names but i i I got to hit sunny bill williams a couple times right (laughs) i remember i tackled him once me and adam siddall tackled him and it looks like his legs are like bigger than us. And I was like <laughs> a hooker. You know, Adam was like a big dude. And we're like hidden by his legs. Like he's going over top of us. And, uh, but anyway, there was a, there, I still remember this. Like they, they had beaten us on overlap. It was like 50 something at this point, you know, 50 yeah. something to fix at this point. And I'm like, you know what? I was stuck one on like six and they had beaten us, beaten us on an overlap. And I'm like, you know what? Forget this, man. Like, I saw him coming down for an offload line. And I'm like, I'm just going to hit him. I don't care what happens. I'm just gonna hit him. <laughs> and whatever happens, happens, right? Like, it's a six-on-one. Like, I don't care. And so I go and I hit him. Like, and I hit him pretty hard yeah. off the side of a, of a ruck, right? Somebody popped the ball up to him from, from like, a, a breakdown. Right. And which they never had breakdown. Right. It's just, it's just, just like moving, a slowdown right? of momentum yeah. into the ground, but it's still. Yeah. <laughs> and so I hit him. Like, and I put a pretty good shot on. And, like, I look down, and he's just, the ball's gone. And I was like, what the? Like, what? And I look back. And somebody's in the in the end goal scoring, man. Somebody's in the try zone scoring. I was like, where did the ball go, dude? And he's just like looking up at me, and I'm just like, what? Like, this is stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I totally was like, like, first of all, I hit you. You must not even had the ball when I hit you. You probably flicked it without right. me even knowing it. And now I just did nothing. You know what I mean? And you scored again, right? I mean, it was it was you awesome the gap space open. Guys. Yeah, like I left, I left, you know, one or nine gaps open on that one. You know what I mean? So it was, yeah, whatever. But so yeah, and 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 that's I guess that's that's interesting because it, it again the dynamic of that seems like it should be so small. Like, all right, what the skill, the thinking of it, but you know, it still kind of boggles just because it is so nuanced and it, it just. It's like you look at it and, like, we – I mean, one-on-one tackle rate versus those guys. Like, I am stoked. I got the chance to tackle, I think, like, Kieran Reed and mm-hmm. Artie Savia. I think he played that game, if I know, if I remember correctly. He was pretty young then. And, like, Sonny Bill and all these dudes, right? Like, Kevin Mialamu played. He was, like, my superhero when I first started playing rugby, right? He's, like, this tall, but he's, like, <laughs> nine feet wide. You know what I mean? And he's, like, 5'7", like – 400 pounds of pure muscle like, i don't even know where he puts it but uh, i got to hit those guys and stuff and like it was really cool and we actually yeah. did a pretty good job in like the one-on-one physical matchups you know what right. i mean because you got dudes that we trained hard and if you put us up against them in like the you know pre-nfl draft process we're gonna be like right there with them you know what i mean right but then you put us on a rugby field with 14 of our friends and suddenly it's a completely Jeez. different thing you know what i mean and then all of a sudden they're a half step past you and they're fast enough to then outrun you, you know, and their wings are monsters, you know what I mean? And their, you know, their, their props are doing like, you know, behind the back flicks out the back and stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And you just, you're just overwhelmed by it. And unless you're a team like say in England or, you know, South Africa or Australia, whatever that right. trains and plays in that environment all the time, it just kind of like, 
it suddenly it was like 60 points. You know what I mean? Right. And no, like, and it picked up because I remember like even for that game, it was like the first half of the first quarter or the first half of the first half. Yeah. It was a close game. And then yeah. it was like, okay, they scored, they scored, they scored, they scored. And you're yeah. just like, wait, how did this get four <laughs> scores up in that in the half of a half? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we went to halftime. It was like 28 to six. And we right. were like, what the heck? What the like, <laughs> oh, for sure, man. And then, like, in some teams, it's the exact opposite. I remember South Africa at the World Cup, it was, like, 14-0 at halftime, right? And it was, right. like, a reasonable game. We had had a couple opportunities. We probably should have put, like, six points on the board. Probably should have been, like, 14-6. Right. It's, like, it was a reasonable game, but it ended up, like, 64 nothing. Right. You know what I mean? In Australia, the 2011 World Cup was, like, 15-8. to eight. Like, we scored. Yeah. I think J.J. Gaggiano had, like, a great pick off the base of a scrum. Scored. It was, like, 15-8. to eight. And We were, like, oh, sweet. And then suddenly it was, like, 60 to 8 you know what I mean and you're just like how did that happen like, I was gonna say like whenever you're in that moment does it is it just more of like it just kind of it just feels like it just gradually appears like you don't feel the score you're just like okay they scored it's okay we're gonna get this back yeah we'll get oh, one okay. back yeah yeah well because we're all and we're all from like if you're a club guy and now it's all you know it's all professional guys and stuff right awesome. but then there was such a huge gap between the pro guys and the in the and the domestic guys um, just when it came to understanding the game and having, you know, the, those situations, be around situations, sense. we were all the guys on clubs that were like, we never lost. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or if we lost, it was only to each other. Like, it was right. like life guys, Golden Gate guys, Nyack guys, Old Blue guys. We only lost to each other. You know what I mean? And so suddenly you're in this, this scenario where you're like, oh, they scored. No big deal. We'll get the next one. And then, like, you say that six times in a row and you're like, I don't think we're going to get the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if we're going to get the next one on this, man. <laughs> we got Charity Williams, Olympian, Canada Sevens women's player, and of course, talking to us about legacy and what it is to interact and develop camaraderie with your opponent. It's old, but it's young in its actions, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, yeah. rugby too is like one of the fastest growing sports in North America right now. So, like, People are just like jumping onto it because it's, it's just it's so successful and it's so much fun. And it's literally something that everyone can do, no matter your size, shape, whatever, like f- male, female, like everybody can play rugby. There's literally a spot for everyone. And that's one of the reasons why I love the game so much because it's so inclusive. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just such a great game. <laughs> 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 great game, great culture. Like it's real, and it, it, it again. You know, I, I I've always been a big believer. We have all sports have their own element to it. Yeah. But I think whenever it comes to the combination, where it's not just if I'm with my team and this is my people and that's solely it, and we work within mm-hmm. this dynamic, it feels that regardless. And I want to ask, you know, when you're after you're playing your your opponents, like. What's your interaction with these other women that play that you've played against? Like, do you do you get to have you created relationships with them, or is it kind of just like you know we play and then we kind of go our way? Like, how has that worked for you? How have you seen it go on the bigger scale? Yeah, um, it is it is actually so funny because for sevens at least, like when we travel to tournaments. Um, usually then all the men from the series stay in one hotel and all the women from the series stay in one. So we see each other like throughout the entire week that before we actually play. So it's just so weird because we'll be like, you know, at lunch, we're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, I'm going to play you my first game. I hope you lose. Like, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> like, but you're like, oh yeah, like how are you? And like, but it's and it's it's all real, but it's just so funny because, you know, we're these like as soon as we go on the field, we're these competitors, and you know, we go neck and neck, and we fight, and we don't give an inch. Um, but then we'll sit down and have a have a drink at the end of it, you know, and it's right. a weird community. <laughs> like it's so weird like, yo aren't I supposed to still kind of hate you yeah, after I mean like I personally I'm like yo you know what it's good. I'll stay here you stay over there but like so that's <laughs> one of my teammates a lot of my teammates have actually made a lot of connections with a lot of the other teams um and I I think it's really great I'm just it's just really not for me but I <laughs> I do <laughs> I do think it's awesome and it's, it's cool that they you know because now you have this connection with someone from another country and you know if you ever need anything or if you're ever there then they kind of hook you up but it's, it's it is a really cool environment and i think it's, it's like, yeah it's pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> you know and so kind of even within that connection as you've started building your brand you just i've seen you in more and more articles everything like that like have you started looking at what it means for the future obviously game to game there's always something but for you now that you are uh, more of a veteran in this. What do you, have you started kind of looking at? Okay, this is what my legacy. I want my legacy to be. You know what your legacy wants to be on the field, but do you know if you've kind of started looking at what you want your legacy to be, kind of off field as well? Um. Yeah. Like. I. I. <laughs> it's okay. You take your time. You take your time. The heat is on. Well, I mean, okay, so I, I've obviously, my dream has always been, to, has always been to be an Olympian, but because of the way my life has gone, um, I also really want to help people. And so one of the biggest things that I love so much about where I am is I have a huge platform um, that's only getting bigger and bigger. And I, I love that because I can reach out to so many different kinds of people. And the one thing I wanted to do, you know, uh, post rugby or post my career, um, in sport is to just help like young individuals uh youth kind of find their way and stay on a stay on a path or find a path in general and just you know not get sucked into whatever it is that's pulling i may be where they live or who their friends are or whatever it is what they don't have um i've just i've always wanted to help people and you know give people the tools and the resources that i was so lucky enough to receive when i was you know, in a very unstable position growing up. Um, I actually just got accepted into school today, this morning. Uh, for congratulations, <laughs> yo! All my applauses, yo! Congratulations. Yeah, um, I got accepted into school this morning for uh, a child and youth program. So, yeah, it's just kind of like just building the little boxes of what I want to put my life towards post um, sport, I guess. Guys, thank you so, so much for taking the time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, some of the best people we've had on here. And we got so much more coming through. Like, it's just, it's there's a lot happening in a very short amount of time. But you know what? It's going to be worth it. And I, I want to make sure you guys stay informed, that you guys understand what's happening. And most importantly, that you get to know the people that are doing things in this sport. Not just because they're doing things, but because it shows that it's your, that you're capable of doing it yourself. So, in the meantime, definitely check out some of our past episodes. Last week, we had Tamara Van Loon. Uh, prior to that, we had Brandon Davis. Uh, we've got Jen Salomon of Mexico Rugby. Shout out to her for playing this past weekend. 
Theo Henry of Guyana Rugby, Cody Melfi, USA Rugby, yo, big ups, I hope that he heals up fast, uh, Mick Feely of Citizens Rugby Foundation, and so many more, Squidge Rugby, uh, Robbie Owens of Squidge Rugby, Akinola Raymond of Rugby United, uh, uh, formerly of Rugby United, now of New York Old Blue, um, and Erica Mori of the Italian Rugby Union, like so many great people. Definitely check it out. Naya Tapper, Chetta Ember, you know, we, we, we hitting them. You know, Coma Gandy Fishbin, uh, uh, Kyle and Tiana Granby, Tiffany Faye, like, it's, it's so much. It is so much. You definitely want to check it out. But in the meantime, until then, I hope that you're happy. I hope that you are healthy. And most importantly, I hope that you know that you are highly favored. Until next time, cheers.